You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome back to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet, coming to you from Greeley, Colorado, as per usual. And this is... A Saturday, a Saturday morning, bright and early, or I should say dark and early because it's not actually light out. The sun has not come up, but I am up. Today is December 11th, 2021, and episode 274 of this podcast. And what I want to talk about in this episode is how irritable I have been here lately. Not 100% irritable, but some irritable. Actually, a lot irritable. And wanting to reckon with that, especially given the fact that it is the holidays. And it's a vicious cycle, actually, to be honest with you. Being irritable during the holidays, during what is for me anyways, my favorite holiday, I find myself irritated at my own irritability. I find myself irritated and I find myself further irritated that I'm so irritated. And as I think about why it is that I am exponentially irritable, it occurs to me that it has everything to do with what my expectations are. Are my expectations that I can do everything, that I can be everywhere, that I can accomplish all of the things that might potentially be expected of me by others, by myself. And when it turns out that I am a finite creature, I have limited energy, attention, resources, ability, How do I manage that? How do I manage my expectations? How do I manage other people's expectations? I think George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life is a great example of this. And this is part of why I love It's a Wonderful Life so much because it's an honest picture of what can happen during the holidays when things go badly awry. Your attention is diverted, you're expecting X, and instead, here comes Y. And Y is not, despite its proximity in the alphabetical order, it is not X. X marks the spot, and Y is definitely not buried treasure, unless we mean buried treasure euphemistically. But... I'll give you a short story of one instance of this irritability coming out, which I don't like. I don't like that this side of me came to the fore. And I'll give you another story in which this side of me came to the fore. I don't like that one either. So taken together, I think they are not my best and brightest moments. But maybe just like It's a Wonderful Life is encouraging to me 
in the holiday season because I watch this character who is admirable and you do love him and you do want him to do well and you do want him to succeed. You see him frustrated and you feel for him, even though you know it's foolish that he's getting so frustrated. You watch him be helped by the good Lord via his guardian guardian angel. His guardian angel is sent down by the good Lord via intercessors, intermediate angels. Clarence comes and helps George along in figuring out that things are not quite so bad as you're thinking. You really have a wonderful life. But the first of two stories from this week, it just so happens that I was teaching middle school youth group this past Wednesday night. And it was kind of a last minute thing. Some of the other parent leaders, however we refer to them, were not going to be able to make it due to sickness. Either they were sick, their kiddos were sick, and we were down to about half strength in terms of volunteers. And so the call went out asking for additional help for the night. Three out of six leaders is not quite enough to be able to run things as planned. And I answered this call. I got into the truck and I was headed home. And then I'm messaging with my wife and she says, yeah, here's this screenshot from Slack. And we're down three teachers out of six. And I said I would volunteer. I would step in and and fill in. And so I come home and I had an hour and a half to get a shower and study up and try to prepare. And I did print it off what it was that I was going to be going off of for notes. And me and my three oldest boys, we go and I'm teaching on Wednesday night. And it doesn't go according to plan. It did not go <laughs> it did not go well. Uh maybe it did. Maybe the good Lord has purposes for it going well in a different sense than what I was hoping it would, but I don't feel that it went very well. And I'm honestly not sure if it went poorly because I was not adequately prepared internally, attitudinally, mentally, emotionally. And I'm not sure whether it went poorly because some of our numbers, some of the middle school kids were not quite prepared mentally, did not necessarily want to be there were letting us all know that they did not want to be there. Or if it's just life. It's just life that sometimes you swing and you miss. Sometimes you aim for the fences and you nail it. And other times it's a swing and a miss and you strike out. But what ended up happening is I'm teaching and going through my notes and there's always going to be interruptions here and there. And so you try to limit those or manage them or mitigate them and try and keep everybody on course still. You don't want rabbit trails turning into flash floods of little bunnies running all over the place in all different directions all at the same time. But that is 
almost exactly what happened. And I lost control of the situation. And when I say I lost control of the situation, what I mean is the dynamic in the group evaded my best efforts to redirect it. And I would say this picked up. It was not 100% all at once from the get-go, but by the end of it, it was close enough. You could round up to 100%. (laughs) And I was very frustrated. And I probably looked it, and I probably looked irritable, and I was very embarrassed. And I was frustrated with myself, first and foremost, because... I just was not sure what else to do or to try except to close our time in prayer and call that it for the night. But along the way to that, I had one boy in particular who wanted to talk about anything and everything else except for Philippians 4. And I mean, literally, he talked the entire time and only really had one thing that related to the passage, or did he? Because, come to think of it, I can't remember what that one contribution was related to the passage. He would raise his hand and then talk about something else, make some joke or say something disrespectful or rude or inappropriate. And I tried to let him know in first subtle and then less subtle ways, hey, that's not appropriate. That's really disruptive. And then it seems as though the more I let him know, hey, that's not appropriate, we can't be going off onto that, the worse it got. And in hindsight, I should have asked that young man to trade seats with me very early on because the young man next to him was absolutely feeding into the dynamic. Everything was funny. All of the acting up and misbehaving was very, very funny to him. He wasn't actively participating, but he was approving of the disruption by the one middle schooler. And insofar as he was approving of it and laughing and very tickled by it, the one who was doing the disrupting was all the more motivated to disrupt. And meanwhile, we had some girls who joined our group. It's usually just boys. I don't know how that works out. I don't pick them. They come to me. I don't. (laughs) In this case, uh, Taylor Cross, I think wisely said, why don't we mix it up a little bit? Let's have some of the girls go over there. Let's have some of the girls go over there. And let's not have it be all boys over here, all girls over there. And so we ended up with three girls, and I will say one of them had some really, really good things to contribute to the conversation, and I think she really wanted it to be a conversation and a discussion of Philippians 4, 1 through 9. And another one mostly listened, and that's all right. Some kids are that way. They just, they like to listen and soak it all in. She's that way, in my experience, from what I've seen. And another one of the girls, she had some really good things to contribute, but she also was hamming it up, and she wanted to joke, and she wanted 
everything to be a little bit more, a little extra beyond what was helpful, increasing as we went along. And so by the end of it, I had a mixture of some kids having sidebar conversations that were somewhat on topic, and some kids having sidebar conversations that were totally off topic, on purpose, deliberately, diabolically. And then other kids who were politely, but no less insistently, saying, let's get back on topic. In fact, I remember at least one boy and at least one girl who said several times, hey, can we get back on topic? And God bless them because those kids want to be there and they want to be there and participate in what it is that we have in mind to do. What is the purpose of this discussion. And I don't want to give the wrong impression and say we can't ever talk about anything that's a slight deviation, but there is a world of difference between we have a little bit of sidebar conversation and then we get back on once the person leading the discussion says, okay, guys, let's get back into the passage. But I kid you not that at the very tail end, I made an attempt to start back in on verse 9 of Philippians chapter 4, half a dozen to a dozen times. And the chatter did not abate from some of the kids who would rather they be doing the talking. They would rather do their own thing at this point. They'll take it from here, apparently, all at the same time, simultaneously. And so I tried as gently, politely, courteously as I could, though I'm sure with a certain degree of obvious frustration, irritation, I tried to say, hey, can we get back? Can we get back to this passage? Maybe I was too subtle. One girl told me to just tell them to shut up, (laughs) which... Uh, of course you can't do you know you can't you can't do that and also it feels a bit like further evidence that you have lost control of the situation when one of the little indians in your village is telling the chief take control of the situation it's like oh okay well We are all in agreement that I have lost control of the situation then. I see. Okay. We were almost out of time anyways. And maybe that's just what it was that I should have more calmly, more gracefully, more graciously said, all right, guys, you know, let's just close out our time. That's enough for tonight. And I should have pulled aside one young man in particular to say, hey, listen, like we got to be respectful. You got to be respectful of the other kids when they're trying to talk, when they're trying to read. You got to be respectful of me when I'm trying to talk, when I'm trying to read. You can't be talking over me. That's not a, that's not okay. That's not appropriate. It wouldn't be appropriate if you did it to the other parent leaders. It's not appropriate when you do it to me. It wouldn't be appropriate if you're doing it to the other kids. And you are doing it to the other kids, and you need to stop it. And you are not going to get anything out of this except for frustrating everybody who wants to be here if you don't 
change your way of relating in this time. I should have pulled him aside. As it was, such as it was, I found myself so frustrated that at the very tail end, I did say, all right, I need you to trade seats with me to the one young man in particular. It was, I think by that point, too late, except to do it as a symbolic gesture. The barn doors are open and the cows have not just gotten out. They are in the next county. (laughs) But I traded seats with him. And then I asked another young man who has at other times been a instigator, a disruptor. But I can tell after talking with him, he really is trying to be more intentional, more considerate. I asked him to close us in prayer, and I'm glad of that. I think that was the right decision. I think that was the right call. Symbolically there also, I can tell that you're trying, you're contributing, you want to be here, and would you please close us in prayer? And so he did. And so we adjourned, and one of the boys who is especially known by me to say, hey guys, can we get back on topic? Came up to me afterwards and he said, I just wanted to thank you for leading us tonight. And God bless him. That boy is a blessing. But I stepped outside and took some deep breaths and just tried to think about it, tried to replay things. And I realized in that moment, I am tired. (laughs) I am tired. And did I make the right decision to volunteer to help tonight? Maybe I'm too tired to be helping tonight. Maybe I'm too quick to jump in and volunteer sometimes. And I'm spreading myself too thin. That could be a possibility. Not that I'm at fault for how a middle school boy or a middle school girl might relate in this moment, but do I have the wherewithal at this moment to be able to adapt my strategy and overcome as we go, as things come up? Am I firing on all cylinders or or no? Right? And so there's an element of that whole scenario in which I look at it and I ask myself, what are the expectations? And am I managing those well? And am I managing those in a reasonable way? And am I trusting in the good Lord that he's sufficient, his grace is sufficient, where this all goes, how profitable it is or isn't, is dependent on his good graces, whether he's going to bless our efforts the work of our hands, whether he's going to fulfill his promises, whether his purpose has changed. Of course it hasn't changed. In fact, it's unchangeable, according to Hebrews chapter 6. How am I doing on keeping those things at the fore, in the front of my mind? Those are important questions. Those are questions that I need to have answers for. I need to really think about those things and be intentional And maybe I need to be not so fast to jump in and 
to fill a gap. Maybe I need to hang back and let others fill some of these gaps. And if they don't, well, they don't. But I can only do so much. And I need to know my limitations. And I need to manage my own expectations of myself and not think that it depends entirely on me. The second scenario, which I look at and I think I am irritated at my own irritability, involves my coming home from work yesterday after having reluctantly agreed to work today. Actually, once I finish this podcast episode and publish it, I'm going to throw on my FRC, go out. And yesterday was a cold and windy day. AccuWeather on my iPhone said that the wind average speed was 20 miles per hour with gusts to 50 miles per hour. Real feel was 15 degrees, my wife told me. And we were up north of New Raymer, closer to Grover, Colorado, where there are no trees. There is nothing to stop the wind as it just relentlessly rolls on hill over hill. And so we're out there and we are expecting these three sites that we had on our list for the day to be done or mostly done. And all, all we thought we were doing was dropping in a configuration and then maybe doing some testing. And we get up there and not nearly everything is done. Less is done than is remaining to be done. And so we're not mentally prepared and we didn't bring with us all of the things that we were going to need for the day. We would have brought more things with us, components-wise, parts-wise, had we known we were going to need to do as much in the way of install work as it turned out we needed to do. And so the day goes on, and you're cold, and the wind cuts right through you. Even with all the layers, you step out of your truck into the weather, and the wind just cuts right through, and things are not working as smoothly as they ought to. And also, the thought is with me that I had planned on taking my wife out on a date today, but I also was asked more than once if I would work this weekend, and I'm trying to make a good first impression, and I'm trying to do well and execute well, and also we could use the overtime, I could use the overtime for our cash flow after the better part of two years at reduced hours. And so by the time I got home yesterday, I knew that my son was very much looking forward to me getting home so he could open presents, celebrate his birthday with me present. The other children were all asking, when's dad going to be home? And I'm thinking that I wish I didn't feel like I needed to work on a Saturday when my wife and I had a date planned college group is babysitting and watching kiddos but there you have it I feel like I do need to work given the circumstances and I want to have a good attitude about it but if I have too good of an attitude about it I'll give the impression that I'm nonchalant and that I don't mind having canceled plans with my wife to go out on a date and so I'm going to try and maybe look and sound like I am disappointed because I am disappointed but also, 
I don't want to look and sound like I'm disappointed because I'm thankful and I want to be thankful. And my dad dropped in unexpectedly. He texted on his way. I didn't see the text until he had about 30 seconds ETA. And then all of a sudden, oh, grandpa's here. Oh, okay, cool. We were going to have our family meal and cake and open presents. And I'm still working on tickets. And if you fast forward, everybody had cake and Enoch opened his gifts. My dad goes home and we have the kids, older boys do their chores and have everybody get ready for bed and go to bed. Bedtime dragged out a little bit. And I was just exhausted. I was just very, very, very tired. And then I get into a conversation with my wife where she's expressing some frustrations that she's got with various things. She's pregnant and she's feeling irritable and She's irritated with herself that she's feeling irritable because she's pregnant and uncomfortable. And we've got less and less time before the due date. Just a little bit over a month until the due date for Andrew Matthias. And so we're tired. Uh, Plain and simple. We're just tired. And as much as I was endeavoring to not be irritable myself, I am not only irritated at myself for being irritated. But I think I was irritated with my wife for being irritated. And then I'm irritated at myself for being irritated with my wife for being irritated at herself for being irritated. And it becomes this vicious cycle, right? It becomes a downward spiral. And so we talked about it back and forth a little bit. And at a certain point, it dawned on me as I'm talking about it with my wife, that, you know what, I think we're just tired. I think your fatigue is bumping up against my fatigue. I think your irritability is bumping up against my irritability. And I think we need to just call it a day. I think, please forgive me for being irritable. I'm sorry. Let's just, let's get some sleep. I think that's what we need. I think there's nothing, nothing wrong with us that a little bit of sleep wouldn't help immensely. And so we did. And yet, I wake up this morning and I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking the holidays especially, Christmas season especially, it's not magical to be irritated. It's not magical for anybody. And how is that going to come out in the Christmas pictures? (laughs) But... The funny thing is, I think a lot of people are that way. I think a lot of people are there. A lot of folks feel that pressure in the holidays to have everything be perfect. And the stark reality is that if we were able to make everything perfect during Christmas time alone, much less any of the rest of the year, if we were able to do that consistently on our own power, then there would be no Christmas, actually. Ironically, if you really think about it. The incarnation of the Son of God, the only begotten Son of the Father, is predicated on our inability to execute perfectly by ourselves, on our own power. For a hour, or a day, or a week, 
or a month or a season. We needed divine intervention. And the perfection at Christmas time is not our perfection, or it is not native. The nativity is not about our native perfection. It is about God's perfect sacrifice on our behalf. His perfect fulfillment of his perfect purpose, his unchangeable purpose. And with that in mind, maybe we need to manage our expectations of ourselves by managing our expectations of God. What do I expect God to accomplish? What has God already accomplished? And with that in view, is his grace sufficient for me? Is his strength shown perfectly in my weakness? I'll read for you Philippians 4, 1 through 9, which is the passage that we got most of the way through, did not get to the last verse, did not make it through the last verse. But I'll read for you Philippians 4, 1 through 9. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Eodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. I got to run. It's a Saturday morning, but I'm going to work anyways by the grace of God and I hope we together can keep in mind what it is that God has done that we celebrate at Christmas and not think that it falls to us to perfectly execute it falls to us to be perfect on our own strength by God's grace we overcome by his strength He's the one who fulfills the promise and we get to enjoy the blessings if our faith is in him, if our hope is in him. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Thank you.